I've always said that there are, there are four types of rebrands. And one of those is, is the lie. Mm. So that is, you make it all look pretty. You make it all sound so good. But you know inside the four walls that that place is a train wreck. I'm Steven Tyler, and this is No Indie. Each week on the show, I share a conversation with one of the good people doing their best right here in Indianapolis. This is episode 12, and it is part two of my conversation with Josh Miles. If you have not yet listened to the first half of my conversation with Josh, I would suggest that you pause right now and go listen to episode 11 first. Thank you for listening. Here is part two of my conversation with Josh Miles. I see you as an expert on change. We talked about, uh, what do I call it? Personal change mm-hmm. quite a bit, making right. those changes. Uh, I see two other layers of change that you probably have some expertise with. One would be um, change in community. As the leader of an organization, you're rapidly growing. And when you do rapidly grow, you're making change constantly. And you have to walk the people in your community with you and your business through that change. And then the next layer is probably um, maybe external change Mm -hmm. where you're, coming in with a new brand and you're saying, Hey guys, we're going to change what you were to this thing. I'm going to kind of drop the bomb on the table and walk away and you guys have to deal with it. Or maybe I'll have, maybe you're helping them through the process, but ultimately it's their life. You're changing at the end of the day, you get to leave and they have to live with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's step back. Can you talk a little bit about how you approach change in a community? Sure. I think the, um, the thing about design and branding is that whether you realize it or not, you're, you're inherently in the change management business. Mm -hmm. And I think, um, you know, as, as stereotypical as it might be doing that in your own organization is sometimes the thing that you forget about. Like it's easy to go out with a client and make recommendations to them and help them spend their money and help them figure out the best things that they need to do. And I think agencies are historically horrible at, managing those levels of change and those levels of consistency in their own four walls. So mm-hmm. that's definitely something that we tried to do. And I think some years we did awesome at it and some years we were awful at it. And it just kind of depended on where the priorities were swinging on a particular project or deadline or client. And, and when we had time, you know, we'd, we'd come back and focus on ourselves, but it, I think it all comes down to, um, communication. So ironically, my, my degree was in the school of communications and it's easy to forget to, to share that vision over and over and over again and to set and reset expectations over and over again. And to, to just keep repeating those things that are most important to you so that, you know, if somebody suddenly gets stopped on the street and somebody says, Hey, what's happening over there? What are you guys about? How are you different that they can they can give that same feedback that anybody else on the team would give. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that's our agency or your business or whatever, um, I think that's really, really crucial. Mm. And then do you have anything more specific to introducing change to a community that, or to a group of people that you're also eventually going to walk away from? 
And you can rephrase that if you think walking away from sounds like <laughs> abandonment, which I don't mean to presume. Right. That's uh, certainly something I struggle with, but um, is that, that feeling, but um, you know, it, it's sort of like parenting, right? Like the best thing that you can do is deliver your best advice and your best thoughts and, and try to get across um, your values and the things that you would want them to carry on after you're, you're gone mm-hmm. and, uh, and hope that that's um, taken to heart and that, that there are little pieces that, that carry on. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about branding a little bit. I was thinking about this conversation, like, what do I think about branding? I think about it being part aspirational, part the truth and part a lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me where I'm wrong in that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting. So <clears throat> I've always said that there are, there are four types of rebrands. And one of those is, is the lie. Mm. So that is, you make it all look pretty. You make it all sound so good. But you know, inside the four walls that that place is a train wreck. Mm. And culturally, those visuals and those words don't line up with what that company is about. Mm-hmm. So whether you want to call that lipstick on a pig or window dressing or just just a lie, I, I think that's what it is. So the second is kind of my favorite, which is when culturally an organization is awesome mm. and you look at the outside and go, Ugh. like it just looks dated. Um, the story's not compelling. And the problem is nobody's taking the time and care to really talk about how great that organization is and making it look the part. Mm-hmm. So it's fantastic when you have a great product or service and you come in as an agency or branding expert to, to help them tell their story. And, and I think there's, for everyone listening, if you're inside of an organization and you're like, I don't know what to do in the marketing world. I know we have so many things to do. What do we choose to do first? Figuring out how to tell your story and what makes you unique and what's going to resonate with other people has got to be the most valuable thing that you can do. So if you, if you focus on nothing else this year, but you figure out how to tell your story and what makes you unique, I think that'll be the best possible use of your time. So it's a little segue, but or yeah. sidebar. So number three is when you know you have work to do on the inside and work to do on the outside. Mm. And we're talking about legitimate change through and through. So these sessions initially often feel like therapy because we're, kind of pulling things out of the client and getting them to talk about their feelings and talk about what's different and, you know, have those difficult conversations even like, do we want to focus on this or that? Or do we want to, um, how do we want people to see us or what do, what do we want them to think about us? And then at the same time, the visual and the language all needs to match those new ideas. So you're legitimately making change on the inside and the outside. And because you're not there yet internally, that's where it feels really aspirational. Mm. So we're like, you know what? We haven't been batting a thousand, but we, we aspire to, mm-hmm. and we're going to make the right changes so we can get as close to that as possible. So that to me feels, um, feels earnest and it feels, um, not like you're telling a big fat lie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> then the fourth kind I think is, is the rebrand that never needed to happen. 
Mm. So this is like, um, I would equate Uber and Instagram both over the last couple of years who had each gone through rebrands where I didn't feel like they really needed to. Um, and often it's just maybe a visual redecoration or a lot of times it sounds like, you know, the founder's bored or hit success and just wants to do something different. And I get it, but you know, most of the time those are more of a PR move. They just want some other reason to be in the limelight and there's not a legitimate change or a legitimate reason why they needed to change. They mm -hmm. just wanted to do something new. They're just bored. Uh, how would you then translate that to personal brand? I mean, you, you're a person that has a pretty strong personal brand. I think being a leader in the agency world, you just had to. The second one you talked about there, there's a lot of really good people who don't do a good job of telling their own story. Do you have some guidance on how someone can self-evaluate on how to tell a good story for themselves? Yeah, I think the way to um, maybe get a, get your thoughts around that, it's very similar to how we might start um, with a corporate rebrand, which is go look at what's out there. So you can do something as simple as Googling yourself. Mm -hmm. I would suggest log out of Google before you Google yourself because yeah. it's amazing how much you will win all the search results when you're logged in as you. Mm. And just see what's out there. So what are people going to find when they go looking for you? Um, and to think about objectively, what's what's your headline on LinkedIn? Or what what are you saying on Twitter? What are you retweeting? Or what what's Facebook have out there? You know, what what um, which version of yourself are you portraying to the world? So I think kind of doing that digital audit mm -hmm. <laughs> on yourself is a great way. Um, and I think maybe even asking somebody else to, to ask a few of your friends, like, what do you think of you? Mm -hmm. I think of that scene in the Lego movie where um, Emmett is the, is the lead Lego character and he's gone missing and all of his construction friends um, don't really know who he is or don't really know what he's about or think he's just kind of, kind of plain and basic and boring and normal. And like, there's nothing about him that stands out. And mm -hmm. it's kind of, kind of a shock to him that none of his friends see him as he thinks he sees himself. Hmm. Um, trying to figure out where to go next. Before we get too far away from design, I did want to ask, what's your favorite rebrand or brand? It could be a first time, but that you've ever been a part of. Oh, that I've ever been a part of. Yeah. Cause I was going to go a totally different direction, but you can, let's go both. Go <laughs> first, go, both. go first, your favorite, and then we'll go which, what you've been part of. Okay, cool. So I just <laughs> got a sneak peek and I've, I've seen it out on the interwebs, so I don't mind talking about this, but I got a sneak peek of the new, um, century 21 real estate rebrand. Mm. And so it's not live yet, but if you Google century 21 rebrand, I'm sure you'll find this. And they were just sort of stuck in the, I would say maybe seventies. Um, and it, I heard somebody else joke about it recently. They're like, our logo is a tri-level, which isn't exactly like <laughs> the most cutting edge home design right now. Mm -hmm. um, and they have just gone super clean, super minimal. And it, there, it feels like more of a, of a high end, more luxurious brand, which if you're listing with a real estate agent these days, like the whole point is to have, kind of this badge of, you know, this home is approved by this brand or kind of to, to associate your 
Holmes brand with somebody else's brand. So I think you've got to elevate it. Yeah. It's one of the most expensive. It is for most people, the most expensive purchase they ever make. It better feel elite and luxury. Yeah, exactly. And I, I loved, um, especially looking at what the firm had proposed for business card designs. I think, um, realtors get a bad rap or a stereotype about, you know, they're going to have some gaudy business card with their big face on it. And, um, the business cards are just super elegant too. It looks more like a business card you would get from a boutique or from a, hmm. from a high end consultant. And I think giving that association to the real estate purchase is really what's going to elevate them from everybody else. Who's got a big gaudy picture of their face on the front of the card and, yeah. and a bomb burst and comic sans and <laughs> <laughs> all the other things that designers, designers hate. So um, even though this brand has not even started to roll out, I'm excited to see what they do with it. Are their sold stickers still going to be big and red? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, ironically, I don't remember um, seeing a sold sign <laughs> in the new rebrand. So that, that maybe goes back to our conversation about the difference between branding and, and good marketing. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, and then what about the brands that you've been a part of? Uh, well, one of my favorite ones that, that we had an opportunity to do a few years back was for the FFA, um, which was formerly known as the Future Farmers of America. And so prior to our involvement, they had dropped the moniker Future Farmers of America in favor of just saying FFA because frankly, all the things that they were doing in ag, including technology, um, really got outside of the jobs of just farm. Mm -hmm. So it was really getting into food supply and food technology and research. And, um, so FFA was, a, was a nice, um, way to do that. Although when we got there, they told us a couple of things. One of the things they told us in regards to the name was we said, would, we said, well, if it doesn't stand for future farmers of America, what does it stand for? And they say, well, FFA stands for nothing. And I said, that's maybe not the best statement to take to market. <laughs> so we really helped them from a positioning standpoint to talk about FFA stands for yesterday, tomorrow, and today. Mm. And kind of to unpack the legacy and the history of the FFA and all the things that they were doing in kids right now and all the things that they're doing about thinking about future needs such as food supply and technology and those kind of things. So that was a pretty major shift. And the other thing that they told us was, you know, the blue corduroy jackets, don't touch the jackets. And we said, yes, ma'am. And then they said, and then the seal we've had forever. So don't even think about changing the logo. And we said, let's take a look, look at that logo. Let's see it a little closer. turns out this thing had been hand drawn um, back in the early 1900s and maybe scanned into somebody's Macintosh computer, probably in the early nineties. Oh man. And they never fixed it. Like the scanning was just awful where the, the F's didn't have straight lines on them. Things didn't line up. Things were just, it, it just looks like if you scan an old illustration and hit that vectorize button on low settings and then left it, like that's exactly what it looked like. So even though we completely redid the seal, we kind of followed the intent of the original design. So we really cleaned up all the elements. We did change the typeface and kind of modernize that a little bit, but it was a really awesome brand to be able to dig into um, with kind of the, the history and lineage of, of this important brand for kids that are 
in the farming and ag community. And then to be able to see it now stitched out on those corduroy jackets walking around during the conventions and, and just seeing kids wearing the jacket is, is a pretty cool thing. That's cool. That's very cool. And they're in Indianapolis. Yeah. They're, they're based in Indianapolis. Okay. Well, I think we'll start to wrap up. You've said that you have a better vision for 10 years down the line than you do for tomorrow. Do you have a vision for 10 years down the line yet? I will edit this out if you want to pass. <laughs> I do. I think it's still, it's still coming into focus. Um, one of the things that, that my wife and I are both really interested in is real estate, which is part of why um, we get to see some of the Century 21 stuff. But um, we would love to be able to do some like really high-end home flips hmm. um, or even to develop a brand of home or home goods. Um, you know, we look at people like Chip and Joanna Gaines with their Magnolia brand and think, well, we could do that. Like, mm -hmm. That that would be a really interesting future. Um, are we going to be on HGTV anytime soon? Well, I don't know, but you know, that this is one of the ideas that we're, we're kind of exploring. Um, you know, my, my pet word has been impact for a really long time. Mm. So I know for sure, whatever I do over the course of the next 10 years, I want to feel like that I have had a significant impact in that work, mm. meaning lives are changed or communities are better or businesses have grown. I want to know that it mattered and I want to know that it really, really made a difference. Mm. That's excellent. It's a beautiful vision for the future. When you wake up in the morning, what drives your daily activity? So currently I'm kind of doing a mix of things. I've got a couple of different contract roles that I'm, that I'm helping out with. And in my free time, which I strangely have had time to fill, um, strange is strange from the standpoint of, I haven't had that in a really long time. Mm -hmm. So I am just the type who, wants to constantly learn and figure out new things. And uh, right now the focus has been video. So I'm trying to figure out how to shoot, how to edit video and do some pretty straightforward things. Um, I have, have two podcasts that I run. So trying to improve what we do both on obsessed with design and my other one's called PSM.show. Um, and those kind of naturally led me to, well, maybe the show needs a YouTube presence. Mm -hmm. So um, if you, if you look for me on the socials, you'll probably see me talking about the YouTube clip, but, um, that's a, that's a new thing. And so we're, um, trying to get that figured out. Um, can you give me a quick pitch for both of your shows? Kind of what each one is? Sure. With obsessed with design, we say very simply that it's a show about what makes designers tick. And we have interviewed everyone from graphic design to process design to architects, interior designers. If you have design in your title or it's implied in what you do, then you're probably a really good fit for the show. Um, we've had some world famous designers on that show from Michael Beirut and Paula Scher at Pentagram to guys like Aaron Draplin, um, who's a pretty well-known guy out on the West Coast. Um, and we've just had some, some really fun interviews too with local designers from Indianapolis. Um, just re-interviewed Eric Cass for the second time. Um, and his show will be live here any moment. 
Mm. Um, and some designers that you've never heard of before. And it's really cool to kind of weave all those stories together for the ones that maybe are well-known or the ones that aren't well-known, but they've got some really interesting things to share. So that's obsessed with design. And then, um, PSM show, my, um, co-host David LaCours is based in San Diego and he's a branding consultant. So we both had this brand for professional services background. So PSM show is a professional services marketing show where he and I will take one episode together and kind of have a conversation about a topic such as how to get into public speaking or how to use video for marketing. And then on every other episode, either he or I will interview an author or other thought leader in the space. So if you're more in the B2B and professional marketing world, check out PSM.show. Very good. Uh, are you on the board of anything or working with any organizations that people should know about? Yeah. So the Purdue Brian Lamb School of Communication has me on their advisory board. So that's been uh, a really fun thing for the last two years. So I help them through a bit of a brand mm. update as well. Um, if you had looked for a Lamb School logo, you could have found dozens of them and they were all different. <laughs> <laughs> Made in PowerPoint. Exactly. Or worse. Um, so that's been a really fun thing to be a part of and to have a reason to be back on campus and to kind of stay into or stay up on the pulse of what's happening at Purdue, which is, which has been pretty cool. Very good. Um, well, I steal this question from Tim Ferriss, but I make it locally specific. If I gave you a billboard here in Indianapolis, what would you want to put on that billboard? I don't know how I would shorten this for a billboard. And that's, I guess that's part of my job is figuring out how to, how to message this. It has two sides. But I, I think, <laughs> you, <can go along. laughs> you know, I, th I think you need that companion, the two billboards next to each other where yeah. the one doesn't look like it goes with the other one, but it really does. Um, but I love this idea of when you are trying to put yourself in a new role and you just act as if you're already in that role. And I don't mean like in a, in a full of yourself way, but you know, if you want a promotion and you just start doing the things and acting responsible enough for that promotion, that when it comes time to choose you or to decide who it is, it's a no brainer. Like people mm -hmm. know like, Oh, nobody's surprised that you're in that new role because you've already been doing it. And I've seen it time and time again in my own company. I've seen it in other people's companies. I've seen it in their, in their life. Um, so maybe the billboard is just act as if it's already you. It's a uh, living the aspiration that we talked about earlier. Yeah, absolutely. Like walking out the thing that you want to be seen as, even if you haven't been declared that thing just yet. Okay. Uh, how can people connect with you or learn more about you? There's lots of me if they're into that sort of thing. Um, so I'm at, on Twitter, I'm at Josh Miles and at Obsessed Show. Uh, the, the podcast is ObsessedShow.com and uh, my book is BoldBrand.com. Very good. Is there anything you want to ask of the audience? We are always looking for great suggestions for both shows. Mm -hmm. So if you have any requests for who you'd like to hear us interview on Obsessed Show or PSM Show, um, tweet at me. Those are great ways to get the conversation started. Very good. Josh, thank you for taking time today. I've enjoyed the conversation and 
I think people are going to enjoy this. My pleasure. Thank you very much. That was Josh Miles. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and don't forget to leave a rating and review in Apple Podcast. I'm going to take a few weeks off, but I will be back in your feed with a new lineup of guests in the new year. Find me on the socials at Show and learn more at noindy.com. Thank you for listening.